1: This is a Rogue Media Network podcast.
0: Rod Babers played at Texas, played really well at the University of Texas. A part of the NFL, he's a part of the Horn six to eleven weekdays, and then also on a, uh, a UT uh, podcast as well, which is on Texas football on YouTube. Like our show is on YouTube, and he now joins us, Rod Babers, with Craig Smoke, David Smoke, and Paul Catalina. Rod, uh, you know the the desert that they've been in, and the When is it going to turn the corner? Why now? Why does it seem like this actually, with what they did in Tuscaloosa, is the real deal?
2: Yeah, it does feel different, right? First of all, thank you, gentlemen, for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, It does feel different, right? And I think because, first of all, is there a tougher place to win in the country than in Tuscaloosa uh, versus a Nick Saban coach team? Um, I don't know if there's a tougher place to win in America in college football. So, number one, that gives us some substance right there. Uh, but we watched also Quinn Ewers have this moment where he went from, you know, caterpillar to butterfly right before our very eyes. Uh, that's the best game that I've seen Quinn Ewers play, best game that you know, most O'Neill fans have seen him play. And you're going to look at the quarterbacks that have been able to beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa, since like, you know, 2009 or whatever it is, 2008, I believe it was. And we're talking about guys like Joe Burrow. We're talking about Cam Newton. You know, Johnny Manziel did it with his Heisman campaign. Not a lot, I mean, those quarterbacks, that's one of the common denominators, right? You go into Alabama to beat Nick Saban, your quarterback's got to have a hell of a night. He's got to have a transcendent performance. And we got that from Quinn Ewers. Uh, But also, I mean, you beat Bama on the line of scrimmage. Uh, That was also a big two guys. They five sacks. Had five sacks, and actually, I counted my rewatch. They missed like three or four sacks. <laughs> um, they, they didn't allow a sack, which honestly, man, guys, is one of the craziest. I'll give you the stat that I have since uh, Texas offensive line is the only group since 2014 that allowed fewer than three quarterback pressures and zero sacks in a game against Alabama. Mm. That just doesn't happen. Guys, Rice had more pressures, more sacks, and more quarterback hits against Texas than Alabama did. I think it just tells us they didn't do much preparation for Rice. But still, it's just amazing what they went in there and did and how they executed as a team overall.
1: Rod, uh, this is a uh, a locker room that forever had uh, maybe entitlement culture issues that was riding high off of just being Texas Longhorns. And yeah, you know, I, I just talking to some guys I know that played on those 05 teams and being around, like there was some times that like some of the older guys had to go in and say, look, guys, you haven't earned anything yet. How was Steve Sarkeesian able to be the guy who finally kind of convinced this locker room go earn this on your own and you can be great on your own as opposed to trying to ride the coattails of something that happened uh, 18 years ago?
2: Yeah, you're right. It, it is different and, and give Stark a lot of credit. Right, Stark's done a great job of building the culture here at Texas. Uh, you can look at that their transfer portal numbers. Everybody has attrition and loses, guys, but you know, keep the number of quarterbacks they've been able to keep is amazing. The NIL is a big part of that, but you can also argue it's harder than ever to build a positive culture in college sports with the NIL being inextricably will be linked to the transfer portal. So I'll give Stark a ton of credit, man. He, and, and by the way, he said he thought he, he started with that five and seven season, he said he had to do it that way to build the foundation right. He said he probably could have won one or two more games but he didn't want to cheat the, the, the bill, the rebuild, the protective. And he, he has you know, he says he and he gives a lot of props to Nick Saban. He built it in the Bama model. Um and you're right, the guys they're not they're not falling uh for the old, you know, the the rat poison as Nick Saban says. As a matter of fact, Jalen Ford yep. he actually tweeted out, go we'll look at his tweet that he had. He had a tweet referring uh to the rat poison. He actually had a tweet referring to the rat poison and he said in the tweet, I believe, uh, I've heard enough I'm not falling for the rat boy. We We, put up a little emoji of a rat. We showed that.
0: (laughs) I'm glad you brought that up in case we didn't, but we actually put that up because I noticed that and you're exactly right. He did put that up there.
3: Yeah. And Rod, there's also Quinn being asked in the post game, you know, is Texas back and he paused for a second and and thought better and and had a smart answer of not, you know, not going there. Um, And and just with him in particular, I mean, what a game for him on Saturday night, uh, there's few prospects who have had as much hype before they've even played a down. I mean, there's, there's others similar, but I mean, he had such an immense amount of pressure on his shoulders before the very first snap. To see how he's grown over the last year and to see him seemingly take a huge step up on Saturday night and, and be every bit of that five-star, you know, uh, player that, that people thought he was going to be, uh, how, how much did he grow up or how big of a step did he take in your eyes on Saturday?
2: Uh, it was a huge step. It really was. He had zero turnover-worthy plays, <clears throat> if you look at the pro football focus numbers. <laughs> and Give the offensive line credit. They kept him clean. Stark called an amazing game. It was a masterful, uh, master class in play calling and in game planning against Alabama. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, it seems to me that, you know, for, for Quinn Ewers, for, for those who haven't followed him closely here at Texas, the deep ball had become a an area of criticism uh, for the Longhorn fan base. He he was actually, I think, one of 15 prior to that Alabama game on his last uh, 15 passes of 20 yards or more down the field. And it is an integral part of Stark's offense. He started in that Alabama game, right? They threw eight deep balls. uh, They completed three of them, had two PIs. It's a big part of Stark's offense. And Quinn Ewers just wasn't really good at it. They, They weren't connecting or converting the deep ball. And for the last two years, they have been one of the worst teams in the Big 12 at completing the deep ball. And Stark had been stubborn about throwing the deep ball, especially on first down. As a matter of fact, the first three deep balls they threw in the second quarter were all on first down. Uh, but give Stark credit because his stubbornness paid off. They connected on the deep ball at the right time. If they don't start connecting on those deep balls, guys, it's a different game. Because Bama doesn't have to really it's respect it's this deep ball. And if they don't respect the deep ball, they smother. And, and flood all those short to intermediate passes that we saw Quentin was connecting on it, got him in the rhythm, got him in the groove, and got him confident. So those D-balls were crucial, and it really opened up the playbook and it forced Alabama to have to respect every dimension of the football field. And when they didn't, Texas made them pay.
0: Rod, you played the defensive side of the ball and played it at a very high level. What were your thoughts about what you saw from Jalen Uh
2: Yeah, I, I'm surprised they didn't use more quarterback design runs, guys. I mean, if I'm, if I'm a defensive coordinator going up against El Lero, the one thing that gives me anxiety, keeps me up at night, is the fact that, it, you know, this guy with his legs, he is an elite athlete that at playing the quarterback position. He's got elite athletic traits. And I don't think Bama, you know, weaponized him enough and featured that enough as a part of his game. His deep ball is awesome. He's got one of the – speaking of deep balls, he's got a great deep ball. Um, I think that's actually a strength of his game. Um, he's got to work on getting through progression, uh, not abandoning the pocket. There was sometimes he actually had a clean pocket, and he still left the pocket uh, because he wasn't necessarily committed uh, to the progression reads downfield. I think they got to build the offense around his strength. They didn't do that. As it was clear they did not do that. Uh, and Texas did a great job game plan. They blitzed them. They blitzed them with second-level defenders. Uh, they, they brought simulated pressures. Texas' edge rushers did a great job. Anthony Hill. The young freshman had two sacks. As a spy slash edge rusher, Ethan Burke had a sack and a tackle for loss. Texas edge rushers got to do a really good job on him too. I think he will make a lot of plays because he's got great athletic instincts in the SEC. But he's a high risk, high reward player. They got to mitigate that somehow.
1: Rod, uh, they did. I mean, you know, wait until Alabama. Wait until the very last moment to name him the starter. So in in you said to tailor the offense around him. I guess maybe they haven't had time. It just – were you a little bit surprised to see them not have the ability to build a drive? It was so all or nothing with Alabama. Yeah, it
2: was feast or famine. And I thought they would – you know, I thought they'd go empty formation a lot more and just stress Texas horizontally formationally and then let let him be an agent of chaos, get rid of the football quickly with high percentage throws. They didn't do a lot of that. Um, didn't see a lot of quarterback-designed runs for him. Uh, I thought that would be a big part of it. So, uh, I, I'm, a, you know, I'm, I was actually pleasantly, as a Longhorn fan, I was pleasantly surprised that they didn't do a lot of those things. They let him just kind of be a drop-back passer at times, which is not his strength. And we saw that. That's why he couldn't put together a long, sustained drive. The best drive I think he had was right before the half. There was one early on. And the penalty, guys, the penalty. yeah have been killing Bama. In the two games they played Texas, they, I think mean, they had like 25 penalties now total. Um, guys, that is it, it's a, it's amazing to go into a game and to out not only outplay Bama, but outcoach Bama and be more disciplined than Alabama in Tuscaloosa. That was also something Texas is that, that was, I think, uh, really phenomenal.
3: Rod, uh, so much was talked about during the offseason about the talent acquisitions, and you know how it is. You mentioned Texas and talent, and sometimes eyes will roll, but it did feel like, man, you really look across the board, it's like, where where are the weaknesses here? And, I mean, to see Mitchell and Sanders and Worthy and, uh, you know, other uh, Whittington on a couple of throws, uh, I mean, to see yours as talent and so on and so forth, I mean, just an embarrassment of Rich's sark, and, and how do you pick your poison if your are opposing teams moving forward?
2: That's exactly right. And that's, I mean, that's why in that game, guys, they, they threw the football. They threw it, I think, 37 times. But you guys saw it. In the first three quarters, you know, probably three and a half quarters, Texas, was, they were leaning on the passing game. As a matter of fact, I'll give you a stat. First down passing rate usually starts pretty conservative on first down pass rate. It's probably 55 60%. Guys, in the first three quarters of that game, he was at over 70% pass rate on first down. He was chunking it on first down, but they were throwing a lot of those were, you know, behind line of scrimmage, around the line of scrimmage. Uh, but I think also sucks leaning on the strength of this offense, right? The identity is the passing game because that's where all your great players are. You got Quinn Ewers, one of the highest-rated quarterbacks in, in the history of recruiting as quarterback. You got Xavier Worthy, effectively a first or second-round wide receiver. A.D. Mitchell in the same category. J.T. Sanders may go down statistically, guys, as the most prolific tight end in Texas football in history had a hundred yard game and it seemed like it was a quiet one somehow. <laughs> Not a lot of people are talking about it. That guy's a freak. And you know, you add to that Jay Witt. You talked about Jay Witt. He's a he's like the fourth option now. Yeah. it's like how the hell does Jay Witt become the fourth option? He's gonna get man to man coverage every down because you can't afford as a defense. To allocate resources to Jay Witt, who's a damn good player, they got weapons it. galore, and I'm with you. It's, to me, I think the passing game is going to be the identity. They got they got to balance it with the running game, but you know they got some some young guys at running back, Post, John and Rojo. But the passing game guy, it has a, it has a chance to be pretty prolific.
0: Are you 100, – and I know I'm not asking, I'm not saying this. So if you're wrong, and I don't think you will be, but are you completely 100 percent convinced that this is different?
2: Ooh, ooh that's good. okay, up. Uh, oh man, yeah, guys. We, you know, I've been, I've drank that Kool Aid so many times. It turned out to be, it turned out to be flavor aid, guys. You know how that is. That, I love it. That cheap stuff. You know, um, I'll say this. Let me say this because uh, I want to believe so bad, man. I want to believe. I'll, I'll say this. It, it it does feel different, but I know that this team prepared for Alabama for six to eight months in all. Hell, there's a chance Stark's been preparing for Alabama since they played Alabama last season, right? Uh, 2022, I should say. Right? So, with all that and the familiarity with Nick Saban, right? You you have a mo- multiple guys from that Nick Saban staff. You have Kyle Flood. you got Jeff Saints, you got um, uh, Millery, you got, I mean, you got five or six guys from that Alabama staff who know Nick Saban well. And Nick Saban, who do champions, we don't change our offensive defense, it's Alabama's offensive defense. We bring in new coordinators, but they run this system, which means Stark actually kind of knows the system. <laughs> um, and he knows Nick Saban and what Nick Saban prioritizes, like first down run defense. That's why he broke tendency there. Um, so I do think. There's a chance Texas was so prepared for this game because they had so much time that they didn't prepare for Rice at all. That Rice, that's why they, that's why Rice actually, you know, was a closer game than people thought it was going to be, because Texas basically prepared for Bama that whole week and prior to that week. And in the whole off season it was Bama, Bama, Bama material conference. Not saying the coaches were inundating the players with that message, but they can they can covertly sneak in practice material for Bama and you know, all during the week they can do that their way through that. Trust me, I Matt Brown used to do it too. So I think that's the only thing keeping me from jumping totally in mm-hmm. is that they had so much prep time, guys. And they're not going to have that during the season. you got you got six days. you got the time allotted by the NCAA to practice. And you don't have familiarity like you do with that Nick Saban staff. And I know you don't have six to eight months to prepare for them. That, that worries me a little bit. But the Big 12 is down. I worry about K-State a little bit. I worry about Oklahoma. But this team should be able to play to that standard. And if they're not in the Big 12 title game, Something went horribly wrong. Can we all agree? Something went horribly wrong. Yeah. There's always a game that you don't expect
0: that for whatever reason, it just could be one of those days when you should have like you shouldn't have gotten up out of bed, or it could be a bad weather game where something that you don't expect is going to be down to the wire. And or yep. there's also a couple of times when things, you know, teams are a little bit better that day than they maybe are. So I get it. I wasn't trying to put you on the spot. I absolutely loved your answer. Honest transparent and that's exactly what we knew we'd get you today Rod, on the show we appreciate your time very much and thank you hey,
2: thank you guys anytime y'all need it man i appreciate y'all
0: yes sir it's a former texas cornerback played in the nfl does a lot of media work in the austin market Flavoring. Like, wait, wait. but but that's honest mm-hmm. that's honest he he wants to see more of those bricks being with brick and mortar, brick and mortar, build some things up, no matter how impressive the win was, and it was in Tuscaloosa.
1: This has been a Rogue Media Network production.